Welcome to the podcast arm of the redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing his purpose, pronouncing his power, and proclaiming his praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Thank you, Lord. We appreciate you for your mercy over our life, and thank you for what you have done in the congregation of your people. Thank you for the word of life that you have sent to us. It's our prayer, Lord, that we will never remain the same. Just as we have pledged to you, Lord, we open our hearts to you. Send your holy fire into our spirit, man. Grant unto us to embrace this fire that we may become the very best that you want us to be. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall not be found wanting in the day of the Lord. Thank you, Father, for answered prayers. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Let's say a better amen. Amen. Thank you very much, choir. That was a good number. We thank God for you. Shall we take our seat, please? Brethren, you are welcome into the presence of the Almighty God again today. We thank God for God bringing you into his church and to be able to minister life to us. By the way, how many of us had been around with us for the past one and a half days, as it were? You are aware on, we are here on Friday nights. Let me see Diana. And you are here also on Saturday nights. And you are here on Sunday morning. You only laughed. Are you not here? Let me see your hand. <laughs> Praise God. You are welcome into God's presence. And I'm trusting God that you will get something from the presence of God. But please, if it appears as if our discussion today does not make sense to you, I will advise you to go and listen to Friday and listen to Saturday. Then you can connect with what we are going to talk about now. And the Lord bless you as you do that. Let's open our Bible to Psalm number 114. We're going to read it together. But before we read it together, while you are opening your scripture, we're going to be talking about purity and progress. You need to move forward. That's why you need to purify your life. You need God to purify you so that your progress can become so easy and comfortable with God. That's one of the reasons why we want to present ourselves to him, for him to purify us such that at the end of the day, which will terminate our life struggle. It is my prayer that somebody will get out of this place, no more struggling, but trusting God and God advancing you forward. In Jesus' name. Now, while you are opening your scripture, like I said, in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 29, in Jeremiah 23, verse 29, the word of God said to us about Jeremiah saying that, is my word not as fire, and my word like hammer. Now, the, 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 when we say the refiner will refine you, it's not going to bring physical flame. The fire of the world will begin to hit you and hit you up to a point where you yourself say, look, I need to change. You need to respond to the word. Sometimes the word will come like an hammer that is going to be hitting you from right and left 
and take notes. I said it on Friday. He is not in a hurry to do it. He sits down to do it. So sometimes you are going to go through experiences like this for some time until you yourself you will know that, no, I have changed. My life has changed. But today we are going to press a little bit onto what you are supposed to do or to have done. Let me put it that way. What you are supposed to have done such that so many of this process become easier for God to perfect it. That is why we call it purity and progress. The moment you attain it, going forward becomes easier. Advancing in any area of your life, name it, it becomes easier. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So let's go into the scripture. In Psalm number 114, verses number 1 through to verse number 8. But we are going to read it together. And our technical man will also move forward in changing the, um, the verses as quickly as it could. The Lord will help us. Now, let's go. When uh -huh. verse 2 Judah was a sanctuary. Uh -huh. Yes. The sea saw it and fled. Jordan was driven back. The mountain skipped like rams, and the little hills like lamb. What ailed thee, O thou sea, that thou fled, that Jordan, that thou was driven back? Ye mountains, that ye skipped like rams, and ye little hills like lambs, tremble thou earth at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, which turned the rock into a standing water, the flint into a fountain of water. Amen. Now, this, this is the psalmist account of something that happened in the life of Israelites when they left Egypt and went to the promised land, on their way to the promised land. Now, we have been discussing about God purifying us such that when we become pure, we become a material useful for the master. And we say that most of the time when God wants to make use of us, what he does is to pass through us. Just like an electricity current will pass through a cable that you called a conductor. You now become the conductor of the almighty. But because before you can become the conductor of the Almighty, there are certain things you need to do of which we define as purifying process. And in the purifying process, yours is a silver. If you have said to me, purifier of gold, you know what that means? It's a different ballgame. Because when it comes to purifying gold, which I believe that you will trust God, that Lord, you have purified me as a silver, why don't you make me gold? I mean, if in between gold, silver, and bronze, which one do you want? But today you are silver. <laughs> because if it is gold, you know how they purify gold. When the master has hit it for some time, and they now say, ah, let me know that this gold is ready. You know what he will do? He will look into the gold like this until he sees his own face. That gold is not ready. So, Pastor is even kind to you. We are talking about silver. If it were to be gold, until he sees his face in your life, 
he will not leave you. But that's my prayer for you. But let's talk about God now. All you want to do now is that I want to carry power. I want to show God. I want to demonstrate God. Even though I may not completely look like him, but let me still, still carry power. That is why. May you understand. That is why you will see some ministers of God. Miracles and signs and wonders happen in their ministry. But their life is not consistent with God completely. Don't worry. Let's leave that. Let's focus on his own. So we now say that what are the things that you are supposed to do? We will learn it from the people of Israel so that we can conclude all the teachings. How many of you remember certain things you have to put off? God bless you. I have not wasted my time. Yes. And how many of you are going to practicalize it? You have started it. Amen. I love you guys. Don't worry. I, li- I like your practice. How many of you remember there are certain things you are going to put on? Forget it. I'm comfortable. Let's go on. Amen. Now, let's go ahead now. <clears throat> this is what God expects us to have done. And when you do it, it makes your purification process shorter and easier for the master to do it. So let's go back to this scripture that we read. And we'll go together one after the other, then you understand it. Now, let's go to verse number one. When Israel does what? Went out of Egypt. There is a coming out of Egypt, not Egypt in Africa, but Egypt like the world. Until a man comes out of Egypt, born again, give his life to Jesus Christ, genuinely, and come out of Egypt, that man is not a candidate for purification. Some people are just churchcomers. They are religious people. God cannot depend on them. Because you have not left Egypt. A man is, can still be in Egypt purporting to be serving God. It's possible. And we are even working in a dangerous time. Because we now have Babylon also now. Babylon is not like Egypt. Egypt, you are under slavery. Babylon, they promise you freedom, but on their own terms. So, you will be in Babylon, you will include so many lifestyles. Homosexuality is allowed, lesbianism is allowed, anything is allowed. Even within the church, as long as you don't say anything contrary to them, you will be simple, I mean, you will be in Babylon enjoying your life. But the day you said no to it, like Mr. Daniel, they will throw you into the den of lions. And if your Christianity has not brought you to that point, uh, you are still applying. So, they left Egypt. They came out of Egypt. Then the next thing says there what? The house of Jacob came out from a people of strange language. Two things happened there. They left Egypt and they not only physically left Egypt, Egypt left them deliberately. Because there are people who have left Egypt, but Egypt has not left them. i give you an illustration. When Lot left the land of Sodom and Gomorrah, somebody left. Every one of them left, but one of them 
still had Sodom. Where? In her heart. So, some of you might think that she looked back physically like this. It is possible also not only to look back physically, but to look back in your heart. So, she looked back, the wife of Lot, and the scripture said she turned to a pillar of salt because she left Sodom, but Sodom did not leave her. But in your own case, if you want a purifier's anointing to come upon your life, and for you to be able to show, because the essence of your being purified is for the power of God to pass through you, to show to the world there that this is how God takes care of his own children. All right? You must do what? Come out. And the scripture says, not only that, they left people of strange language. Before I start explaining that, go to verse number two. See what happened there. What happened there? Hold on. Hold on. What is the hiss in that place? So, immediately they did that, God showed up for them. He said, I am here with you because you have left. Until you leave, God will not show up in your case. There is no partial living. It must be complete. These people didn't leave just Egypt. They left their language. And this is where I want to draw a little lesson. What does it mean when you say language? Language communicates. Right? I can just sit down here and because myself and my sister we have discussed before, if I just did like this, she knew what I mean. That's a language. And if I just did like this, she can readily understand what I've said. She understood all my gesture. Why? Because we have defined a communication pattern. So also, when a man has left Egypt, it means that both culturally and speech-wise, he or she had left. An illustration. If, for example, we are passing through this neighborhood, like I said, and you begin to perceive an aroma in the area. Some of you will say, some people are living in this area. Is that correct? Who are the people that you normally guess? You know, there is a way Nigerians, they fry their stuff and disturb the entire neighborhood. Thank God there is no law that says you must not commit aromatic error. <laughs> and when you are passing through a neighborhood where an Indian is, you will know. It happens, right? So what is happening? They are communicating. There is something that communicates. Their food communicates. Their ways of sight, their lifestyle, their dressing. How will you know an Indian man or a Nigerian guy or a Ghanaian guy or an Ethiopian guy or anything? The way they dress. You remember when Moses ran away from Egypt and he got to the house of, I mean, to the family of Jethro and they met them, the daughters, by the well side. And the scripture says when they got home to their father, the father said, Ah, you came back so early today. You know what they told their father? They said to the father, an Egyptian helped us. Excuse me, was Moses an Egyptian? So why did they say an Egyptian? Oh, what he was. 
his dressing shows that he, is, he was coming from Egypt. So they didn't even ask him any question. Say, this man, the way he is dressed, he is from Egypt. Now, the scripture now said to us, when they left Egypt, they left the people of strange language. That is to say, they came out from their language system. And something happened immediately. God showed up. Now, when God showed up, let's go again. We're coming back. Go to verse number three. Now, the Bible says, the sea, do what? Saw what? Huh? Saw God. That, look, these people left, God showed up. Uh-huh. If God has showed up, then there are issues. Something, began, something, begins to, something started happening immediately. The Bible says, when the sea saw it, the sea said, excuse me. Me, I cannot stay here. What did he do? The Bible says, and fled. Jordan also saw it. Say, eh? I have to stay back. Then, what does it mean for the sea to flee? What does it mean for Jordan to flee? The only thing that present, prevented them from getting to the, the promised land was Jericho, was um, Jordan. And the scripture says, because God was there, power showed up. The sea, go and read the encounter in, in, in Joshua chapter number 6. The Bible says, when those people that bore the ark of God stepped into Jordan like this, the water that was flowing stopped. Excuse me, if that happened in our days, what will you say? We say, this man is a man of God, right? So also, the reason why you are being purified is for God to demonstrate himself through you. And if God demonstrates himself through you, we call it that you are the conductor and God is the power that wants to flow. And when God flows, you see things like this happen. But look at it here. There's a faster way. The moment they left, God himself showed up and that power started flowing. Which is what he wants. So technically, what is God telling us this morning? What does God want us to know now? Is to ask ourselves a question. These people left Egypt. Have you left Egypt? Because if you have not left Egypt, we will just be wasting our time. It's possible for a man to be coming to church and to have not left Egypt. Everybody will see you as one of us. But you don't belong to us. You just add to our number. When the day of his appearing shall come, will you be there? Because the joy of you coming for purifier is the, in First John chapter 3. I think verse number 2 and 3. Give it to us. Let me read it to you. You will see the reason why you are keeping yourself pure. Where you want God to purify you. First John chapter 3. I think verses 2 and 3. Let's go. The Bible says, if anyone, no, not 12, not 12, 3, verse 3 and, verse 2 and 3, we want to read. It was verses 2 and 3. Now, and everyone, but don't worry, everyone that has this hope in himself, does what? Because he, so that he, as he is pure, 
does what we want, I mean, which hope? Look at verse number two now. Because that's why it says you give us two and three. The Bible says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Uh, what? For we shall see him as he is. Then we now go to that verse number three. So the reason why we are advocating that you become pure, that the master will purify you, is so that on that day, how many of you are here? Ah, no. It was the workers. I gave you an illustration of an of, of a ID tag, right? That every time you want to cross the scanner, you will, because you are a worker and employee in that place, you can just cross comfortably. And I ask you a question. Why do you think that you crossed without the scanner beeping? Some of you said something about database. You remember? Even if you don't, I will remind you. It is because your information is in the database. The only information that is in court in the scanner on the gate to heaven when you want to enter into paradise, is only one. You know what? It's Jesus. Jesus Christ is the only one in the database. When you now conform to him, when you want to pass, they just compare you to him, you are the same. There is no difference. You have been transformed over the years. Oh, God will help me. In 2 Corinthians chapter number, chapter number 3, if I'm correct, verse 18, the scripture says we are transformed into the same image. Alright? And as we behold his face in a mirror, every day we look at the mirror of the word of God. You are being transformed. You are being purified. Then one day when they are looking at you, they say, Jesus. He said, no, I'm not Jesus. That's Jesus. That was why they could not identify Jesus when they wanted to arrest him. Because everybody looked alike. That is, the, that is the mindset. That is why that verse number 3 of 1 John chapter 3 says, anyone who has this hope in himself will keep on being purified, being purified, being purified, so that we shall see him as he is and become like him. That is why we said you must come out first. When you come out, he himself, the purifier, will show up. And will start purifying you. And when he does, your progress will be unhindered. Why will he be unhindered? Because even the challenges and the problem that were supposed to stand against you, they recognize his presence. You don't need to pray too much. Your prayer is just thanking God. Why? Because even your Jordan will recognize that God is here. Even the mountains will recognize that God is there purifying you persistently and continuously because you left Egypt. Now, the second aspect of it is this, which will show us whether you have left Egypt or not. You left their language behind you. They said they left the people of strange language. What does it mean to leave people of strange language? Let's examine that a little bit. We have said it now, in Egypt, they worship idol. In Zion, we don't do that. That is to show that you have left Egypt. In Egypt, they do hero worshipping. 
In Zion, we don't do that. That's an indicator that you have left Egypt. In Egypt, they have a loose lifestyle. They don't care. But here, you have decorum. You are under proper control of the Holy Ghost. Then we will know you have left. But how do you know? How do we know that you have left their language? Number one that I need to tell you. In Egypt, there is a language of dressing. There is a way they dress in Egypt. There is a way they comport themselves. You see, in Egypt, the more of skin you show, the better for them. You'll be asking yourself a question now. How much of skin are you still showing in Zion? It will tell me whether you have brought their dressing from that place to here. I am warning you, don't go to Babylon and copy anything. Because those ones are dangerous. But don't worry, leave that one for today. Most of the dressing style that we see all around today, is it from Zion? Should I help you? How many of you have copied your design from Grammy Awards night? <laughs> ah, am I talking to somebody? If you don't leave it. See, when they wanted to leave Egypt, Pharaoh told them, he said, don't go too far. Stay here. Do it in Egypt. And I love Moses. Moses said, how can we stay in Egypt? and sacrifice the abomination of Egypt before them. He said, if we do it, you will stone us. Sir, if you claim to be a child of God, and you carry the element of Egypt here, your friends will still stone you. And if indeed they are still stoning you, you are not ready for the refining now. You are still there and here, and it's not possible. So the scripture said to us that, as far as me am concerned, they left the language of Egypt. So in the, in the Egypt language, their language of dressing is to show as much of skin as you can. With all due respect, it's an abomination in the church of God. That you see people when they come to church, the brothers, they come, the sister come, the sister is trying to stretch the clothes that cannot be stretched. You just do like this. I wish the button just snap. And the zip, let it snap. You will run out of this place. Because you are the one that went to the store. Abi, was it me that bought it for you? Definitely it was not your husband or your mommy. If it's your mother that bought it for you, excuse me, ask mom, uh, how much purification have you received, ma? It's true. Because if you don't, very soon, Egyptians will stone you. And when they start stoning you, in fact, you are even far away from the power of God passing through you. That is not, that is not going to be your portion. Yeah. Somebody is going to change and walk with God. I've told you it's fire that we're talking about. Fire is never palatable. It is always uncomfortable. But it will bring the best out of you because we are still going back to our verses. Now, they left the language of Egypt. It, in the language of Egypt, it is a language of adultery. In Egypt, you can sleep with somebody who is not your wife, even though you are a married man. Do we have it happening in the church now? Yes. I didn't hear anything. Yes. Oh, so who are you blaming that the power is not flowing? Remember what you have learned? 
if you bring yourself to God, doing it very well, it will purify you. And the power will begin to flow. And men will begin to see evidence of his presence. But if there is no evidence of God's presence, even in your own personal life and through you, ask yourself, have I left the language of Egypt? Or am I still in it? For those who are married. What about for those who are younger, I mean, singles? The language of Egypt is sex before marriage. They don't see anything wrong in it. Two of us. Uh But excuse me, do we have it also in the church? So where is the power going to flow through? It is not that God does not have power. It is we that has not fully come out for God to be able to manifest. I would have been contented that, okay, we are still struggling with congregation. What about when we now start having it on the altar? It's a problem. It is not because God doesn't have power. It is because we have not come out. And until we come out, there will be no man. When you look at Daniel, when Daniel refused to eat the food of the land, when he refused to be taught in the tongues and the, and, the, and, the, and the learnings of the Chaldeans, people thought that it was only a matter of food. No, he refused to be identified with all the things they do in Babylon. Then the power of God started flowing through him. He was the one that interpreted the dream. He was the one they threw into the into lion's den. He was the one with his brothers that changed the king's world. If you want to change the king's world as a child of God, then it is time for you to say, have I come out? What language of Egypt am I still speaking? It is only in Egypt that you can tell people they can steal. That's the way they communicate. To get rich, they steal money. Excuse me, are you still joining people to steal money in, in the church? Then you are not ready yet for the power of God. The scripture also can even confirm this one. Sir, it is the language of Egypt to revenge. I don't know what I'm communicating. You offend me, I won't take nonsense. I will revenge. If I, it is the language of Egypt to hold malice and to refuse to forgive. If all of these things I'm talking about is still in your life and in the church, there wouldn't be any power. The Bible says when they came out, Judah was his sanctuary. He came by himself. He said, this one has chosen to follow me. I must show up. And whenever God shows up, there is no Jordan that can stand against you. There is no mountain that can stand against you. There is no hills that can prevent you. There is no land of promise that will elude you. It's not possible. But our life is making God appear as if he has lost his power. No, God has not. God has not lost his power. He's only waiting for you and myself to do it right. And when you do it right, God will show up. And he will not only show up, he will accelerate your purification. And the moment he does that, the doors will begin to open. And then you begin to progress. That is why I call it purity and what? Progress. But if you don't, there is not much we can do. 
We can help you. Some of us are just adding to the number. That's not what God wants. That's not what God wants. Am I, is it only here? The same church where I pastor by the grace of God. I tell them, say, I know those of you who are serious. And I know those of you who are not serious. Some of you, I don't know all. But I said to you, sir, say, will you change so that God can manifest in your life? I don't believe there is any situation that God cannot handle. Oh, yes. I don't believe that. I believe God is ever ready. Sir, it is the language of Egypt to divorce your wife. Some of you say pastor, but there are pastors who are divorcing their wife. You want me to answer you? You want me to answer you? They are still Egyptian. God is not a respecter of anybody. They are what? They are Egyptians. Until they leave. And until they leave that language there. No wonder Jesus Christ told them in Matthew chapter 19. He said to them from the beginning it was never so. They told, they told Jesus Christ. But Moses said that if anybody offends us, my wife offends me, I should give her a letter of divorce. He said, hey, Moses was not there when we created Adam and Eve. But from the beginning it was not so. I was there and I'm telling you now. Go and stop it. That's exactly what Jesus Christ told his disciples. So when you do that, God will show up. And when God show up, I don't know what is the situation in your life that will say no. You see, I have witnessed the manifestation of God's power to the point that, you see, some of you might think that power of God is when people begin to roll on the floor. I tell people, when you finish rolling on the floor and you rise up and your life has not changed, what is, the bottom, what is the point of ruling on the floor? I said, all I want is to decree into your life and you come back and say, Pastor, I can't believe this. I said, you will believe it. What has happened? He will tell me your testimony. You see, a late, something happened to me some less than a month now ago. A lady approached me and said, Pastor, immigration said I should go and they are taking me away on Tuesday and it was a Thursday. I said, am I an immigration officer? And I look at myself. I say, God, what shall I do? Simple well, pastor, I just said I should tell you. I say, so what are you doing now? He said, I'm searching on Google to know whether I can get a lawyer that can help me out. I said, on Tuesday, you are searching on Google. This one, you need heaven to step into it for you. You know what? And I said to her, something just came upon me, the Holy Ghost. Not something, no. Uh-huh, Holy Spirit. And I said to her, I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to call a friend of mine. Stop searching Google. Forget it. Because this lady was so, I mean, just like someone, one member of the choir. Was a member of the choir. Very nice lady, present, powerful psalmist. Circumstances has brought her to that situation. I said, okay, don't worry. I called one lawyer. The guy said, ah, there is only one thing we can try. We will try to stop it through the law courts. I said, okay, to, to restrain her deportation. I said, go ahead. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. Thursday, and when they were able to carry the paper, put everything together on, Saturday, on Friday afternoon stroke evening, they finalized it, they filed it on Saturday. You will be at rest, right? On Monday, they went to court and they rejected it. And I said, and they now called me, now I've become part of the case now. <laughs> they, they said, then they said they want to have a meeting with the lawyer, the lawyer, the lady, and pastor, be there. I said, okay, organize a teleconference. And this was about 4 o'clock on Monday. And tomorrow morning is here. 
Then the man said to me, he said, there is nothing possible anymore. She has to go. And I said to her, I said to the lawyer, are you telling me there is nothing? Go to God, he is also a Christian. He said, except there is a miracle. I said, hey, then we need a miracle. That's what you need to tell me. Say, can we have a miracle? He said, Pastor, that is with you. And I said, okay, in addition to that, is there any other thing? He said, Pastor, it doesn't work. I said, okay, what about if I go to the immigration office myself? And I said to them, I am the DCO of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. <laughs> you know what he said? He said, Pastor, don't bother to waste your time. They don't know anybody in that office. Go, she has to go. They have given her a ticket already. I said, okay. I said, but are you telling me there is nothing? And the man just out of error, he just said to the lady, unless if she has a medical issue. And I said, do you have any medical issue? He said, I'm on medication for one or two things. Medication. And I said, <laughs> he said, go and tell your doctor that you want more medication and whatever. <laughs> At least she's on medication. It's not, a, it's not medication. Uh -huh. I said, go and tell. And she called the, lawyer, the doctor. And they said, the doctor is not available. And the secretary of the doctor made a mistake. She said, the doctor is not here. Just go and call uh, 911. And they will, they will take care of your medication. And that's what she said. And she, she said so. I said, call them now. And she did. But you know what? <laughs> she went to the hospital. She was on the hospital bed. Immigration show up. He said, what do you mean? Sick for where? You missed your flight this morning. Okay, no problem. We will arrest you on this bed. And they did. They did. But it is good to trust God. So they now took her away. But before they took the phone from her, she called her husband who was not in the country. He said, this is my pastor's phone number. Please call him. That's all. And the fellow called me. He said, this is what the problem is. I said, well, no problem. Don't worry. This is the year of praise. God said to me that everything shall end in praise. I said, don't worry yourself. I called the lawyer back. The lawyer called them. They responded. They said, sorry, uh, we are looking at possibilities, but she has been arrested, and she's going to be taken away out of this country the next flight. You know what God did? That night, when they were taking her into the cell, they shackled her. And on the way to the cell, the document that they have not responded to for yonky years, on the morning of that day, how do we know? They wrote a letter and then called the immigration. While they were heading to the cell, immigration man picked the call and they said, that lady that you say you have with you, you cannot deport her. You have to bring her back because that document was considered this morning it was approved today. This letter is dated today. And we are communicating ahead of time before she gets the letter. What does that? Uh, hold on. If you want to experience that in your life, leave Egypt. Leave people of strange language. I'm only giving you one out of many things that God does in my life. Are you getting my point? I don't expect gymnastic when I pray for anybody. But I expect them to come back and testify. I have seen a lady, sir. She brought her thesis to me, crying. I said, what's the problem? 
all covered in red because the, the professor says, I am not satisfied with what you did. And she has been struggling and struggling and struggling. I say, so why did you call? I say, Pastor, please help me. Am I the dean of the faculty? <laughs> There's something they have seen in your life that they came to you. I said to her, I said, don't worry yourself. Turn all the red, remove all the red. What you had before, submit it again. I said, Pastor, I said, Omojo. This is what we call the power of God. It's not that I should just be jumping up and that part. No, 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 no. You decree a thing and it will come to pass. And when she went, she was shocked that the same professor that says all this red that he has, she has removed, I mean, accepted the thesis. She's been working now for over five years. If I call her Jack Robbins, call me. before I say Jack Robbins, she's here. Yes, now. Why? God, I gave God opportunity to manifest. You need it. In this age and now, if any man cannot manifest the power of God, you can't go anywhere. Otherwise, you have to speak their language. And if you don't want to speak their language, you need God to show up. When they went out of Egypt, from the house of Jacob, the house of Jacob from the people of strange language. They left their language behind them. They are not joining in the divorce system that is going on in the world. They said, no, not us. I am not saying that you will not have differences in relationship. First of all, learn the secrets of applying all the various things we have learned. If it didn't work, stay with God. Like Shekrat, Meshach, and Abednego said. He said, listen to us, O King Nebuchadnezzar. We are not prepared to bow down to this God. Our God, whom we serve, he will deliver us. And hear us very clearly. If he does not deliver us, we are not going to bow to the God of gold. Uh -uh. The king said, who are you talking to? He said, yes, we are not going to bow down. Go and check the testimony. At the end of the day, he said, there is no one like the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those who, who's, who, they, who, who change the king's word. When you learn the secret of doing it right, you will change the king's word. You will change authoritative words around this country. There are things that we have done that I cannot even share certain things with you. I have been in a situation in my life before. And when all hope was lost, I said, God, you are still the same God on the throne. And I called my wife. I said, come. I said, you know the solution we have now that we need? Something must happen from the office of authority. From the office of the final authority so that it can change the situation. Of course, I know my wife was looking at me like this. It happens to be the office of the general overseer. I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody to talk to. But I know my wife is here. When two of you shall agree concerning power must flow. Say, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, this solution, we need it. Let there be a final decision from that place. The day they called from the office of the general overseer to my house, my wife was shocked. I said, yes, that is what is called the power of God. You don't need to go anywhere. You stay where you are and control the universe. Brethren, it happens. And it's still happening till tomorrow. 
may you leave people of strange language so that you can serve God. The language of divorce belongs there. The language of dressing in, 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 in Egypt, you know it. Don't bring it to the church. Not even because we don't want it in the church, but because we want the power of God over your life. And you will experience it. So technically, therefore, I want to say this to you, brethren. When you look at an illustration in the scripture, in Numbers chapter 22, the scripture said to me that when Egypt, when Israel came out fully and they advanced, they were coming bigger and bigger and they came to the plain of the Moabites. There were so many and Balak saw them, the king of the Moabites. He said, nobody can conquer these people. God is in their midst. Look at your scripture. Look at uh, chapter number 23, verse 21. Let's look at Numbers 23, verse 21. The scripture says, God has not beheld iniquity in what? Look at the screen. It's there. God has not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. So he has put off so many things. And the scripture says, the Lord is God. Is where? Is with him. Remember what we read in 114 verse number 2. 1 and 2. He said, the moment they came out, Judah was his sanctuary. He stayed with them immediately. And he was with them. And the shout, look at it, the shout of the king is among them. And because of that, Mr. Balak realized that I can't fight these people. If I ever try it, the power of God is with them. So he hired Balaam to come and curse them so that he can overrun them. Those are lessons for another day. And they tried everything. Let me tell you something. The moment you are a child of God, the kingdom of darkness is shadowing you to see whether you are going to lose your God. Bible says they went to almost like, it was not about seven altars, and he made a statement. He said, okay, Balaam, come, come, come. You will see them clearly from here. There are places that the enemy can see you clearly. So you need to be very careful and be on guard. Don't ever allow the Lord to leave you. So the scripture now said to us that when they come, came there, and they said to them, wow, there's nothing we could do here. Mr. Balaam, who knew God? I said, knew God. He never knew no God anymore. Because in those days, the scripture says, when, he, when they came to consult him, he went to talk to God. He didn't start out as a false prophet. He was a good prophet. He consulted God. And God said to him, no, you don't go anywhere. Stay here. And like I said to those who are in the morning, they double his salary. They double his wages. So we will give you triple what you want. Or double, triple, just name your price. And the man said, hey, let me go and ask God again. Every time you want to do what you have known before, and you want to say, let me go and double check. Double check with who? In him, there is no variableness. Neither is there any shadow of turning. As he said it, shall he not bring it to pass? So what are you going to double check? And God kept quiet. Say, double check. Go ahead now and double check. And when he finished double check, he said, we'll go, we'll go. Excuse me, who sent him? 
money. Money sent him, his pockets, whose God is their belly. That's not what he want. That was what sent him. And he went back. And at that time, he lost the presence of God. And then, when he finished consulting, at that time, the devil could play around his intelligence. How can you, a prophet of God, now be the one that taught the king of the Moabites what to do? And we know what he taught him. He said, you know what? You cannot fight these people. But there is only one thing you can do. Get them to sin. If you can get them to sin, then you don't need to fight. Their defense will be removed. God will step out. The purifier will step out. Progress will be hindered. They will not be able to go further anymore. And that was what they did. The Bible says all he did was to say, okay, organize party in the land of Moab. Don't come and do the party in, in Israel. Do it where? In, in the land of Moab. And then you will invite them. When you invite them, the food that you have offered to idol, give it to them. The girls that are around you, that you do, I mean, those pretty ladies, let them dress in the dressing and the language of Egypt so that it will attract the people from here. And it worked. And the scripture says, no sooner they did that, they joined themselves to Baal. Every time you go, you know some of you, as a child of God, you will go to a club on Friday or Saturday. You go and do a little bit of clubbing. When you now come around here, you say, we lift up holy hands in the Lord. Let the holy fire come upon me. Where? It doesn't work that way. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. It is whatever you sow that you reap. So, please, what am I telling you now? I'm going this route to challenge you. For adventure, we don't get to see one another again. What you want to be sure of is that I have left Egypt. And I am not speaking the language, all those F useless language all over the place, that when you are not in the church, you use it in your place of work because of influence. Sir, you cannot use the same mouth you want the Holy Ghost to use. And use it for those languages. It's not going to work. Even the demons will tell you that, hey, Paul, I know. And I know Jesus. Say, who are you? I said, I just received Holy Ghost fire at the purifiers conference. I said, hey, but we know who you are. To yourself, be true. You can only be the one deceiving yourself. I don't do that. To yourself, be true. And the scripture said to us, no sooner that happened, something happened. 20,000 people died. The king of Moab never needed to lift up any sword. All because the people went back and God left. But something happened again. Phinehas, the priest of the Lord. The scripture says he saw the abomination of Israel and he reacted. And the scripture said to us immediately, when that man reacted, God said, okay, it is enough. This man has won my heart again. I will return back to Israel. Somebody is in the congregation this morning. You need to return back to God. You need God to return back to your camp. But as we round up, go back to that Psalm number 114 very quickly and go to verse number 2. Very quickly. Let's go. Let's go very quickly. Psalm 114, verse number 2. I want us to read it together. When Judah became a sanctuary, 
Israel became his dominion. Something happened in verse number 3. Let's go. The Bible says, see that want to prevent you from getting to your promised land. What happened to it? It gave way and you progressed further. What happened again? Go to the next one. Jordan did what? Even Jordan saw it and fled. See, I cannot. There is a God of Jeshurun here. And the scripture says to us in that verse number four, even mountain, what do we call mountain naturally? There are problems. There are challenges. The scripture says they saw it. Then they skipped like rams. See, we cannot withstand a man that is a carrier of God whom the Lord has purified. You have to let them go. And the next one there is even the little hills like lamb. Then the psalmist had a question. Say, why? What ailed thee? Why are you running away? See. Uh, why are you fleeing away? Jordan. Uh, why are you suddenly driven back? All my problems, all my challenges in my place of work. Why are you running away? And he answered himself. Verse number five. Number six, sorry. He said, You mountains that you skip like that. Let's go to verse number um, seven. You see what he said? Tremble thou art at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. Let me give you one illustration. I just remember now. It's a long time, but I won't give you the recent one so that you cannot put one and two together for me. Yeah, I know why I'm saying that. I don't want you to put one and two together. When I was walking, sir, I've been like this with God, not just yesterday. I've been like this for over 30 years. That's the way I operate with God. Where I was working, I work as a corporate engineering manager of chemical and allied company, CAPL. And one of those years, they said to me that we don't know your problem with the MD. He said he wants to sack you. I said, sack me? What have I done? He said, I don't know. He said, he doesn't like your face. I said, okay. I said, thank you. And I went back to my prayer room. I said, Father, you are my God. Before any MD sack me, I sack the MD. I'm telling you what I do. And if you want to try, well, 21st century, maybe you will be my next testimony. Try against me. No problem. I'm more than, I'm, I'm confident in God that it will arise. Oh, yes. So when I said that to my wife and people around me, I said, ah, how can you sack them? They said, we shall see. Who will go first before another? And as God was going to do it, the day he wanted to fire me in the boardroom, he decided that this is what he's going to do, and he presented the case to the board. So one person, I don't even know him. He doesn't know me. He said, the man just suddenly said, they gave me the story eventually. The man suddenly said, I don't know this man that you call Mr. So -so -so -so, but you cannot sack anybody under my watch. Ah. And of course, the director is speaking. He said, as long as I'm in this board, you can sack that guy. How do I know? About three, four, five days after, when they came out from the boardroom, they were just coming and I met him on the corridor. And the man used a terminology in my own culture. He said, the man that God has not killed. All right? Then I said, ah. I said, good afternoon, sir. He said, what does that mean, sir? He said, oh, you don't know. And I said, look at this man. 
He said, this is the man that you are spoken, speaking on his behalf in the board. He said, oh, you? That was why he now uttered that statement. And I said, okay, good afternoon, sir. Then I went back to the other director. I said, why did he say that? He said, ah, they wanted to kick you out completely, but that man refused. I said, okay. 31st December of that year, the company that bought the CAPL said, we don't want this MD anymore. Ah, who sacked him? You are not even bold to say, you, pastor. <laughs> Rise up on your feet, my friend. I'm looking for people who are going out there to demonstrate the power of God. But to be able to demonstrate the power of God, you must come out of Egypt. You must live the language of strange people. You must show everyone that, look, I am here 100% for God. Anything short of it, Father, that is not what I'm going to stay with. Because God wants to testify through your life. He wants to be able to receive glory through your life. But if you don't allow him, if you don't allow him, it will appear as if our God it no longer has power. Why don't you bow down your head? While you are talking to God, Father, here I am. Use me, Lord. I am determined to live the language of Egypt. Some of you might have left Egypt physically, but you need to live the language of the people and let God manifest upon your life. While you are praying, talking to God, purify me more so that I can advance, so that no Red Sea can stop me. So that no mountain will stop me. So that no challenges of life will be able to stop me. I promise you, whatever language of Egypt I still carry, I will drop it. Your appearance, does it still appear as if you are in Egypt? Now some of us are here today. You know it that you are still in Egypt. You have not given your life to Jesus Christ. Purification has not even commenced. You have to leave, your, you have to leave Egypt and give your life to Jesus Christ. I'm not asking you to come out, but I want to identify you and pray with you. Say, Pastor, I have not given my life to Jesus Christ. I have not left Egypt at all. All eyes closed. Concentrate on your God. If you have not, and you know it that you have not, and you need to leave Egypt, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ, will you please raise your hand above your head and say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to leave Egypt. Those are the people I want to I want to see their hand up. Anyone in the house, raise it above your head to say, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. And if there is none, I will just pray with you and take my leave. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Am I seeing that hand? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, look at your son raising up his hand. I pray that you will help him and your daughter also. Hold on one second. Just raise up your hand there. Where's your Now. Now, I'm praying for those of you that are raising up your hand to give your life to Jesus Christ. My Father and my Lord in heaven, Look at your son. Look at your daughter there. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father help them. 
as they take this decision, make them an example of a purified conductor that their life will change, their life will serve the purpose of God, and they will never fail you, Lord. Write their name, my Father and my Lord, in the book of life. Draw them closer to you, O God, than ever before. And let their life be a sample of your glory in Regina and all over the world. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me pray for all of you. Lift up your hands unto this great God. My Father, my Lord in heaven, we commit your sons and daughters into your hand. These ones are going out into the world. They are not part of the world. The Bible says when they came out of Egypt, when they came out of people of strange language, you showed up. Father, please show up in the life of all of them. And let their progress be accelerated. Let no devil be able to stop them anymore. Let them also testify of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let them be a purified conductor ready to conduct the power of God into their world and let them testify. Whatever you have done in our life, let it be a child's play compared to what you want to do in their life. Go and shine the power of God into your world. Go and be the best that God wants you to be. In the name of Jesus Christ. And the purifier of silver will not leave you until he is satisfied with your life manifesting God in your home, in your businesses, in your service to God, and in your service to mankind. Be a power carrier from today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.